welcome to episode one of the Leadership in Color podcast. My name is Jared Francis. Um, I'm joined by my dear friend and colleague, Mr. Brandon Taylor. Brandon, how are you feeling today? I've had better days, but I'm excited to jump in. Yeah, I know we're sounding extra nasally. Uh, it's flu season at our um, school, but we're really excited to be here. Again, we want to welcome you to the Leadership and Color podcast and to the project that we're going to be doing uh, in honor and celebration of Black History Month. Um, there's a lot of podcasts and articles and books about leadership, uh, but not very many really speak to what it means to lead while being black and brown. And so we thought the best way that we could honor uh, Black History Month was by doing a um, project where we add our voices to that conversation and bring some insights to um, leadership, maybe from um, voices that aren't always heard. Um, and so Brandon, can uh, you just uh, let folks know who this uh, project might, might be um, for? Yeah, I think this product is for um, young black and brown folks who really want to bolster their leadership, who are thinking about how do I have the impact and the change in my organization or outside of my organization to really be um, who I want to be now and in the future. Jared, talk to me about why this project, why now? So in addition to, you know, contributing to the celebration of Black History Month, for me, I think this really grows out of my leadership um, practice in my work uh, with Brandon over the last several years. So I'm a principal of a school in East Harlem and Brandon is the director of curriculum and in um, instruction here at our um, school. And in growing my own practice and in working with um, Brandon to grow his leadership, it's just become really apparent to me how much our um, identity as um, black men shows up in our um, work. It shows up in the way that we lead. It shows up in the way that people respond to 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 us. You know, a ton of things uh, as we show up in white spaces, as we show up in the community that we serve, which is mostly black and brown. And so, over the years, um, as I saw kind of things that were coming up for us, things coming up for other leaders that I um, know. I start to try and think about what are some common things um, that need to be true for for leaders in general to um, thrive, but leaders uh, of color in particular to um, drive. And so out of the conversations that Brandon and I have been having, uh, we thought a really positive way to contribute to Black History Month was to start to share some of our ideas, but also invite um others in, um, in, in, into that conversation as um, well. What about you? I, I think Jared, I've learned a lot from you about how to learn about other people in order to really leverage my leadership with them. Um, and so I think it's really important that other leaders of color learn how to work with others in a way that's going to get them to really listen to you and value your perspective. Um, so I think it's a really good point to transition to the article that you wrote. Um, I, I want to start out by um, talking about this moment that you had with your boss um, and what it uncovered. Can you take us there? The article that we shared on um, the site this week really lays out, uh, you know, framework is the word we're using. Maybe that's too um, strong. But the article this week is really about laying out the things that we think need to be true for leaders of um, color to thrive and have the kind of in impact that they want to have on 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 their work or on their organizations. 
And so it starts uh, with a moment where I'm in a meeting with a manager of mine who was white woman at the at the um, time and things were not going well for the project I was leading. And her and I were really like struggling to figure out why that was. Um, it seemed like a lot of the inputs I was putting in were the right ones, but uh, we weren't making the kind of progress that we um, wanted to make. And I was a new leader in this um, space. It was a very white space. And what I came to learn um, through a lot of um, reflection was like, my race was an issue and not, um, by that I mean, not that it was a problem, but how I was navigating my identity both within my um, self and then through my um, leadership, there was like a gap. Um, I wasn't showing up in the ways uh, that I had and knew that I could and that my a manager knew and believed that I could. And it wasn't until, um, I became clear about that and was able to start to have some conversations uh, with people who are in my um, network, with other leaders of color, and then ultimately uh, with the people that I work with, that I was really able to have the kind of in unpack that um, I wanted to. In that moment, you started talking about like how knowledge of self impacted your relationship with your manager, your relationship, and ultimately like your work, right? So, and it's also, knowledge of self is the first part of the framework. Can you can you make that connection for us? I think it's just important for leaders to know who they are and what their values are. And so for me, I'm a leader who really leads through my values. So when I have to make hard decisions about resources, about what's gonna happen with kids, what's gonna happen with um, staff, there's often not an answer that's right. And so you have to go to your um, values and what you be um, leave. And a lot of your values are obviously formed by who you are and where you've been. And so if you're not really clear about the way your identity um, shows, shows, shows up and how you experience the world and how the world experiences you, um, it's really hard to um, um, lead. And so I think in my particular case, um, I had been questioning some of my values and maybe not making decisions that felt right to me or authentic to me. And I ultimately had to connect back to why do I have these values? Why are they important to, to um, me? Uh, why do I have the questions that I have? Why do I believe the things that I believe? And understanding that my story uh, informed that and being clear about that and then understanding my identity as it relates not just to me like Jared, but my identity as a black man and how does that story um, show up in my leadership and in the um, spaces that I am? So in the article, when we think about what it means to have knowledge of um, self or really have um, a sense of who you are, it's about your values, it's about your story, and it's about understanding how that fits into a broader context of what uh, the story of, um, in this case, racial uh, um, oppression is in um, the United States. So it's, it's one thing to know yourself, Jared, but it's another thing to get others to follow you. So take us to how you got others to follow you. One of my mentors used to say to me, you're not leading if no one is following. That's definitely true. You can have whatever title you want. If you're not able to inspire and motivate people to change the way that they do business, you're not really having an impact, a, excuse me, you're not really having a, um, impact and that's what leaders are really called to do to change the way 
um, businesses done to change the current state. And the biggest kind of framework that informs my thinking of how you do that is the adaptive leadership work. And we'll put some links in the um, show notes. Um, but adaptive leadership really speaks to and trains leaders to think about that anytime you're leading, you are initiating change. And when you're initiating change, you're asking people to give up, sacrifice, uh, change something they've been doing for a long time, which could be habits, it could be their mindsets, it could be their deepest held beliefs. And when any time you ask somebody to give those things up or to shift them or whatever the case might be, you're going to get a response from folks that can show up as resistance, that can show up as avoidance, you know, lots of different things. And so adaptively leadership is really um, a call to understand that and then a way for thinking about how you move communities through that um, process. When we start to think about what um, this framework for leadership in um, color needed to have, that was one of the first places that I went to because for people of color to come and ask uh, some, 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 sometimes spaces that are very white um, or, you know, different than they might, might, might be, it's not just the initiative that you are pushing that could be threatening to folks. It is your identity as um, a black and brown per, per, per person, as somebody uh, who might be queer or, you know, whatever the case might, might, might be. So I think it's doubly in, um, important for leaders of um, college to be really skilled at adaptive leadership. Drive the framework home for us. You, you spoke about knowing yourself and you talked about the ways in which you have to know yourself in order to move others and to get others to follow you. But then what's it all about? What's Why are we here? Um, talk to us about equity. For me, this is an area where my work with you has really influenced my thinking over the years. So one, you know, you can be clear about who you are. You can know how to strategically get folks through the process of uh, making change. But to what end, what is it for? And to me, that's where the equity piece come, come, comes in. Whether you are in the public sector, if you're at an NGO, whether you're in the private se 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 sector, to what extent is the work that you're um, doing contributing to the betterment of oppressed uh, folks. And that's where the equity piece come comes in. How do you keep an equity lens in whatever work it is that you do? And that's what brings the um, framework home. The world is like a really fucked up place. And it's only going to change uh, if we change the way that things are done in all areas of our um, society. And if we accept the world as it is, we're not leading. Leaders are there to drive um, change. And we have to be driving that change towards a place that's about making the world a more equitable uh, place for people to be, for people to grow up, for people to learn, for people to start businesses, you know, whatever the case um, might um, be. And so the equity thing, I think, comes out of a lot of conversations that we've had when we talk about getting teachers to change the way they do their great their grade book. When we talk to teachers about, you know, the work that they um, do, how are they doing that from an equity lens? And so that's why that's the last part and a critical part of our um, framework. So 
knowledge of self, adaptive leadership, equity. What can this framework do for me as a leader? I think the framework aims to put a lot of different pieces of leadership theory and research together kind of in one place and as uh, touch points that leaders of color can go back to um, as they're refining and developing their practice and to think about in any moment, you know, again, how am I showing up? Where do I see my values? How do those drive the choices and the, the decisions that I make? Um, if I'm struggling with, with um, change, how am I thinking about that from an adaptive per, um, perspective? And then, okay, I might be successful. To what extent have I contributed towards a more equitable workplace to a more equitable world? And so it's a place for us to keep coming back to, to think about, are we realizing what our promises as leaders of color in whatever space we might be? Um, and so, you know, that was the purpose of, that's the purpose of the article this, this week and over the rest of the month, we'll dive into each part of the um, framework in a little bit more um, depth. Um, so every week, um, in addition to exploring a new part of the um, framework, one of the things that we want to do is talk about how leadership in color showed up in our practice this um, week. So Brandon, can you share with us how the framework showed up in your practice this past week? This week we had our our team brought in someone to talk about uh, race and equity, um, and in the conversation about race, I had I took the opportunity to speak to the whole staff about my experience um, and the ways in which I encountered stereotype threat um, when engaging with the staff, um, but I left feeling as though I didn't really take the moment to be an adaptive leader. Um, folks could have walked away thinking about the ways in which they've impacted me as opposed to the ways in which they themselves may be impacting students or the community at large. Um, so I felt like I felt like I missed out on an opportunity to really give my team solutions on how to be better teachers, better people, um, and left it out the ways in which their actions might have impacted me. I think that's a more, having been in the room, maybe a more critical lens uh, of yourself than certainly my experience was. I think when I heard you in this space talk about how stereotypes how stereotype threat has shown up for you. Obviously, that's a conversation that you and I had had in our coaching. Uh, but for you to bring that in the um, public space, I think was a really powerful thing. Um, I think, one, people have the assumption that leaders are always confident. We always know what we're um, doing. And I think you framing uh, that was like a it let people know you more. And I think that's something that we as leaders need to do. Like we are humans and all, and 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 all that, and I think it named for emerging leaders of color in in the space who might have been experiencing similar things. Like, oh, okay, I'm not alone in this. Um, I, you know, Brandon, who I have a ton of respect for, maybe has had some of the same um, feelings and thoughts that um, I might be sharing privately. And so I thought it was a really powerful thing uh, for you you to share. I certainly felt really grateful uh, for for the gift that you gave us in that um, space. 
Jared, can you talk about talk to us about your decision to even have that be a space in our community? Professional development time is a scarce resource, and so how you choose to spend that time says a lot about what you value and what's important to you. Our school is a growing school. Um, it's a racially diverse school, and for me, it was important for us to start to have um, some shared language for how we talk about race. And I think in education, it's easy to get in the space of talking about how race might relate between the adults and the kids, but not always engage about how race shows up from adult to uh, adult. And what we know is teams that are more invested in each other and more collaborative are more likely to drive the kind of outcomes that we want to see. I don't see how you get real meaningful in um, investment without these conversations taking place. And so, you know, again, to come back to this idea of leading from what your um, values are, relationships are deeply important to me, community is deeply important to me. And so when I have opportunities for my staff to invest in those things, I'm going to take them. And so, you know, my feeling was that our staff culture was in a strong enough place that we could start to have this um, conversation as a whole staff with the hope that as we do it as a whole team and really norm on what that is going to look like, that people can start to take those chances more into um, visually. Because what I had been seeing is some microaggressions um, taking place. I was seeing and experiencing staff of um, color come in to check in with me to say, hey, did you hear this thing? You know, I felt this this some way. And how do we get, you know, our staff to do the work of being able to have those conversations as a um, team? You know, it's not the work of just the people of color on staff to be initiating conversations about race. So we need to equip um, our white staff mem members to be able to start those and to engage in them. You know, we know we're going to trigger white fragility at um, some point, and that's and that's fine. And we need to name that that that's going to take place and like be ready to move past that and let not let that stop us. If we're thinking about the equity part as being a key piece of our um, frame framework, we can't have equity for our um, staff if staff of color can't speak to what their experience is. And so that, for me, uh, you know, is what led me to think that this was a really good use of our um, time as a um, team. All right. Um, so I'm going to bring us to uh, um, close. We really appreciate you all spending the time with us this um, um, week. Um, we will be back every week of Black History Month with a new article each week exploring the framework on our website, leadershipincolor.org. Again, that's leadershipincolor.org. We'll be simultaneously releasing a new podcast episode each week to accompany the articles where we'll be exploring the um, framework with a different leader of color each um, week. We're really excited to be doing this work, uh, to be adding our um, voices to a conversation about leadership and to conversations about equity as we seek to see the kind of change we want in the um, world. You can find our social media handles in the show notes as well as links to any of the articles or books that we um, mentioned over the course of the um, show. Brandon, thank you. Thank you. Um, I want you to go get some rest. I'm going to go get some um, rest now too. <laughs>